Well, let's go right to uh, President Biden's schedule today. Uh, nothing. Once again, <laughs> President, I mean, I, I love this, I have to say. So at 1 p.m., uh, Mr. Biden has a virtual meeting with some governors to talk about COVID. Um, okay. That's good. That's it. That's all. Now, yes, he gets briefed, and yes, it's right. But I have to tell you, I've been covering uh, presidential politics in Jimmy Carter. I've never seen anything like this, ever. I mean, it's just, there's nothing there. Um, all right. Now, Joe Biden is a guy who wants us to think that he's a regular guy, that he's a good Catholic, that he's a working class, in his mind, person. So let's zero in on the good Catholic thing. So there's a lot of controversy about Mr. Biden's abortion stance. Not only is he for legalized abortion in America, which a lot of Catholics are, I have to say, all right, but he promotes abortion. So now Joe Biden, instead of saying, you know, should be rare, this is what Bill Clinton said, abortion should be rare. No, 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 no. Joe Biden goes, you can have an abortion for any reason, migraine, headache, at any time, nine months pregnant, go ahead. And not only that, but we're going to get people in America who pay taxes who don't believe in abortion, like O'Reilly, all right, we're going to take his tax money, and we're going to steer it into uh, organizations that provide abortions, okay, which is against the law. We're going to get that law out, and it's unconstitutional boot because it's a violation of my religious principles. So Joe Biden is far beyond uh, a man who just accepts abortion, all right? He promotes abortion. Enter the U.S. Catholic bishops. Now, there have been a few bishops, one in San Francisco, that said, we're not giving communion to Joe Biden. He's not going to be able to get the sacrament of the Eucharist because of this abortion deal. The Vatican is now weighing in. The Vatican does not like this. All right, now, Pope Francis, I like him, but he's a liberal man. There's no doubt about it, he's liberal. He doesn't usually do public policy. He does not want the American Catholic Church to ban President Biden from receiving the Eucharist. So his guy, Cardinal Luis Ladaria, issues a proclamation to the bishops, and it says two things. It says that any new policy regarding Catholic politicians and the Eucharist requires dialogue in two stages, first among the bishops themselves, and then between the bishops and the various politicians. Okay, But not only that, Cardinal Ladaria says the bishops should have unanimous, unanimous support for denying Joe Biden and any other Catholic politician communion. That'll never happen. Vatican knows that. I mean, the American Catholic Church is just like American society. They're conservative bishops. They're liberal bishops. They're never going to get together and say, hey, we're going to deny Biden communion. I mean, Will Gregory, the bishop of D.C., has already said, ah, he's welcome to receive communion at any time. So the Vatican knows it's not going to be unanimous. And the Vatican is sending a signal to go, don't want this. Don't do it. Why? 
Why does Pope Francis not want a stand line in the sand about abortion? Because the Catholic Church in America is in big trouble. And we all know why, the scandals and things like that. But it's losing membership tremendously here. And we are mirroring what happened decades ago in Western Europe. Whereas Italy and France are Catholic countries, but people don't go to church that much. Only older people, right? Very secular uh, place, Europe. Now it's happening here, right? So Catholic schools are closing. uh, Mass attendance is way down. And the Pope knows that denying the president of the United States the Eucharist blows it up into a huge, huge um, problem for the church. And the pope's job is to protect the Catholic church. So that's what's happening. Now, how do I feel about it personally? Well, Biden's not alone. You got Governor Cuomo, you got House Speaker Pelosi, you got uh, John Kerry, got Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, you got Senator Susan Collins, Senator Lisa Murkowski, all Catholics, and all, uh, I had a lot of problem with any abortion stuff. Hey, yeah, not a lot of problem. Now, because I am a sinner, as we all are, I'm not making any judgments about anybody's conscience or anything else. But I will tell you that if you are going to be a Roman Catholic, there are tenets that you have to abide by. And the most serious tenet is that all life comes from God and that life begins at conception. That is the belief of Roman Catholicism theology. It's not a rule. It's in stone dogma. Okay? So there's doctrine that's man-made, and dogma comes from God. Life begins at conception. So therefore, in the Catholic Church, you have to respect that. You can't destroy it. Okay? Now, I don't believe in capital punishment, executing people for that very reason. I've always told my viewership, if I were in charge of the criminal justice system, I would sentence murderers and rapists and these heinous people to worse than death, all right? They wished they were dead when I got through with them because they'd be isolated on federal land in Alaska, never to see anyone again. They'd be banished and they do hard labor or they sit in their room 24 hours a day, okay? That's how I'd punish somebody who took another life or somebody who destroyed another human being. Back to abortion. But I'm not gonna make any judgments about anybody else. All right. I believe what I believe. All right. And I try to follow that. Now, I will criticize policy. American tax dollars should not be going to abortion. If people want to fund abortion, do it privately. Give to Planned Parenthood. Give, send them a check. They'll cash it. Don't tell me or any other religious person that our tax dollars have to go to destroying a fetus. Don't do that. I think that's unconstitutional, and I believe this will get to the Supreme Court someday, all right, because you're violating my religious beliefs, my First Amendment beliefs. You're violating it. Don't take my money and do that. Don't. I don't want my money buying narcotics for people. 
I don't want my money destroying any kind of life at all. And I have a perfect right for that. And I'll fight for that. But I'm not going to tell you that Joe Biden should be punished. I'm not. Now, if I were Joe Biden's pastor, I'd call him in. And I'd have a one-on-one discussion. And I'd tell him just what I told you. I'd tell Mr. President, with all due respect, you're promoting abortion now. You're promoting death. And that goes against Catholic theology. That's what it does. You can rationalize it anyway. They all rationalize, well, my private beliefs shouldn't be my public. You know, I have a different private public. That's what they all do. But that's bull. If you're promoting something, if you're making it easier, if you're promoting death, destruction, okay, that's what you're doing. That's it. So anyway, um, I don't think Biden is going to get denied the Eucharist. The Vatican has made it clear it does not want that. There'll be a few clerics in this country that say he should, but I don't think it'll happen. Joe's in Europe. He's in England today, and we hope he's having a good time. And I mean that sincerely. It's nice to travel the world in style. He certainly is. Uh, he met with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. There they are strolling around. They're at Carbis Bay in Cornwall, England. And that is a beautiful place. If you ever get to England, go to St. Ives Bay. Um, it's really a nice, nice situation there. Um, I don't know what they're talking about. I have COVID probably. Um, there isn't any big issue between the UK and the USA right now. But look, you know, none of this is bad. Uh, it's what presidents should be doing. So uh, the big topic, though, uh, in the G7 tomorrow uh, will be the VAX giveaway. I'm going to tell you about that coming up. So the United States has given away billions of dollars worth of COVID vaccine. You think that's good or bad? Let me, let me lay it out for you before you decide. Um, the rest of the day today, uh, not much. Okay. Now, this is fascinating. When... Mr. Biden landed yesterday. He immediately put out a verbal statement. Go. When I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were, the greatest physical threats. This is not a joke. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. Because there'll be significant population movements, fights over land, millions of people leaving places because they're literally sinking below the sea in Indonesia because of the fights over what is arable land anymore. Okay, so be that as it may, you can debate global warming all day and you'll never come to a resolution of it. But why did Joe Biden read that? And he was reading it, not speaking from the heart. Because that's what the BBC, which controls the media in the UK, wants to hear. And that's what the European press wants to hear. So Biden's people know that. They know that Donald Trump was despised in Europe because he was not so bullish about spending trillions of dollars to combat global warming. Therefore, the European Union and many, many in Great Britain hated Trump. And that wasn't the only reason, but that was a central reason. So the first thing that Biden does is he gets off and goes, hey, 
we're taking this seriously, our military thinks it's the greatest threat, on and on and on. That's why he did it. Okay, so let's come back here with President Biden. There's a new poll out on abortion, and abortion is a problem for the Roman Catholic president. So this is a Gallup poll, um, 1,016 adults, um, Republican 29, Democrat 33. So there's that gap. The question is simple. Do you believe abortion is morally acceptable or morally wrong? Okay, morally acceptable, 47%. Morally wrong, 46%. In 2020, just last year, the number was morally acceptable, 44. So that's up three in a year. Morally wrong, 47. That's um, up one. So uh, it's safe to say the country is divided on abortion. By party, it's not even close. Democrats, morally acceptable, 64. Republicans, morally acceptable, 26. Um, Independent, morally acceptable, 51. All right, so independents leaning pro-abortion. So next week, uh, beginning on Wednesday, the bishops, you Roman Catholic bishops, and I told you this, um, are going to have a meeting. And it's going to be virtual because they don't want to get COVID or whatever. I don't understand, but they're doing it by Zoom or whatever they use. I don't know. Now, the big consideration in this meeting that nobody pays attention to, not even Catholics, the media doesn't cover it, it's, it's really inconsequential, is what they call Eucharistic consistency. What that means is in the Roman Catholic Church, receiving communion, the wafer, okay, is the essence of your worship. And in order to be able to receive the Eucharist, you have to be sin-free. That means you can't um, be committing a mortal sin or have one on your conscience without uh, confessing it in penance. That's the rule. Now, it's not enforced. Um, some of the biggest sinners in the world are going to communion. I can tell you that I've seen it in person. Now, the problem here is that Joe Biden not only accepts the pro-choice platform, not only accepts that, and, and many, many Roman Catholic politicians accept it. You know them. Cuomo in New York, the Kennedy family, many of them. But Biden promotes abortion. What do I mean by that? He says abortion should be allowed for any reason at any time. So that means ninth month of pregnancy, if the woman has a panic attack or if she's not feeling that well, bang. That nine-month fetus is exterminated. That's an extreme position. Ten years ago, that, ex- that position was not held by anybody in this country, anybody of note. Biden has embraced it. And he's gone a step further. He says, I, who believes in the sanctity of life, I have to pay for abortions because he wants to use my tax dollars to do it. So Joe Biden is an extremist. He's not just a pro-choice guy. He's an extremist on this. And it's very public for everybody to see. So you would think that the Pope would have something to say about this. That's not going to happen. All right, Pope Francis understands that if he did that, he would alienate 
millions and millions of people. He does not want to do that. You have to understand that the Roman Catholic Church is a political body. It's political. Okay? The theology isn't political. Render to Caesar is the, um, is the headline on Jesus and politics. Render to Caesar, render to God. So theology of the Catholic Church is not political in any way. But the men who run it are very political. And they're not going to do anything to Joe Biden. There are a few of them outspoken against him. The Archbishop of San Francisco, uh, Nauman, another archbishop, some uh, bishops themselves. But they're not. They're not going to say the president of the United States cannot receive the Holy Eucharist. They aren't. Now, the Roman Catholic Church, as everybody knows, has been badly damaged in the United States and all over the world by the failure to police its clergy. And some of that clergy abuse children. And because of that, the church has lost moral authority all over the world. It's on the ropes. So church going in Europe, very low. In the United States, going down. The church is growing in Asia and Africa, Catholic Church, because it provides charitable services. And the one thing that Catholic Church does do, it's not in a dispute, is it helps poor people everywhere. By far and away, the most charitable institution on this planet is the Roman Catholic Church. Indisputable. However, in the United States, the church has lost its way completely. I mean, I go to church every Sunday, all right? I see, and the church is half empty. The sermons are usually worthless. The young people almost non-existent. They don't go, all right? The, the average age in my mass is about 80. It's the old guard going. And the pope and the archbishops, the cardinals in the USA, they know this. And the last thing they want is to be on the front page of the New York Times getting slammed. And on every TV network getting slammed. Now, the church is not going to allow that to happen. So Joe Biden will skate. So here's why I'm, I'm a little upset today. So tomorrow, and the reason you watch me and listen to me is because I keep you ahead of the news curve, as I said in my message of the day this morning. So tomorrow, he, Joe Biden, is going to propose his budget. It is the most irresponsible budget I have seen in the history of this country. Mr. Biden wants $6 trillion in new spending. $6 trillion. Okay? So uh, he's going to run a deficit over the next 10 years of $1.3 trillion a year. A year. It, that means um, the government will pay out $1.3 trillion more than it takes in. And Biden thinks this is responsible. All right. So why is he doing this? He's doing this because he believes that poor people should be raised up by the government to middle class status. He wants to give poor Americans money so that they raise up economically to a middle class status. That's what this is all about when you strip it away. Okay, this is socialism. 
There's no doubt about it. Now, in order to make this happen, he has to tax everybody, not just the rich. Don't buy that. That's just a lie. He's got to tax everybody to even come close to covering $6 trillion in new spending. And everybody will pay more. And they'll hit you on gasoline, heating oil. They're trying to get Internet taxes passed, income taxes, investment taxes, death taxes. Everything's up. And in the blue states like New York, where I am, the state will then follow. So what this does is it strips Americans of assets. So most people don't have much anyway. They spend what they make, which is beyond foolish by the way, but they do. Lack of discipline, whatever it may be. They don't make a lot of money and they have a lot of expenses. If you have eight kids and you're making 50,000, 60,000 a year, you're going to be poor. Okay. So the people that do have assets and do have savings and worked hard to put that money in a bank and invest that money, the government wants to strip those assets away, take them away in order to raise up the people who don't have very much to middle-class status. Okay, so this is what this is all about. And by 2028, seven years from now, all right, the federal government in Washington would be collecting more tax revenue as a share of the total economy than at any other point in American history. So even though we fought World War I, World War II, the Civil War, we're going to dwarf that. And there's no reason for this. So in the Trump economy, the private sector was driving wages up and job creation up. That wasn't the government doing it. It was the private sector because Trump said, if you are successful, you keep more profits. That was the corporate tax cut. So everybody in the country who was working was benefiting because wages were going up, because business was expanding. Now they've wiped that out, and the government wants to control the economy. So, enter this day in history. Stay with me now, okay? 86 years ago today, May 27, 1935, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled that President Roosevelt's National Recovery Act was unconstitutional. Nobody knows this. Nobody will report this except me, because I'm a historian and a reporter. So what was the um, National Recovery Act all about? It's the same thing Biden's doing now. FDR, in the middle of a depression, wanted Washington to run the American economy. So he uh, put this into an act, all right, whereby the feds would control by regulation, by taxation, every part of the private economy. Supreme Court said, no, you can't do it. Here's a summary up on the screen. Summary of the Supreme Court ruling. The act gives the Roosevelt administration too much power to control the economy, unquote. Now, that's what's going to have to happen now again. Some state 
is going to have to sue the Biden administration for this punitive taxation and insane spending. Now, I have told you that Joe Biden is by far the most leftist president in U.S. history, not liberal, leftist. He is now going into the socialistic realm by spending $6 trillion, as I said, to elevate the poor artificially, artificially. They're not earning it. They're going to be given it. And it comprises many things. That's socialism. Biden probably doesn't understand that because he's diminished. And I'll go back to this. That's not an excuse for Joe Biden. It is a reality that the American people must face. The president does not understand what he is doing in many cases. All right, let's start with bad news for Joe Biden. I told you when he was elected that there were three things that could bring down his administration. Number one, the economy. Number two, the border. And number three, the cancel culture. Now, all three of those things we're going to deal with tonight, they're out of control. And I didn't think this would happen so fast. When I say the economy is out of control, what do I mean? Well, how about the rate of inflation rising at the fastest rate since September 2008? Now, inflation means that everything we used to buy costs more money. So we know about the gas prices up a buck where I am, buck a gallon. So I, what, 16, 17 gallons? Every time I fill up, that's, I'm paying that more. Grocery prices, food prices up about 5 6%. Selected items like chicken up more. And um, the data is very, very troubling. Why is this happening? That's always the key question. Not what, why? The first thing is the massive spending that Joe Biden has proposed and the COVID relief package. So that's already in. The COVID relief is already in. That's two trill, two trillion dollars. He wants four trillion more for infrastructure, Green New Deal. God knows. He wants to babysit your kids. I guess he wants to wash your car. I, you know, it's insane. And I say that not from a partisan point of view, from an economics point of view. Because when the government doesn't have money, which it doesn't have $6 trillion, doesn't have it. There's no bank, can't do anything, can't sell bonds to get it, can't do anything. Okay? It has to print money. Print it. And the more money, the more dollars that are printed, the, the weaker the present dollars become. It makes sense. You flood the zone. If tomorrow everybody had a five-carat ring, diamond ring, then diamonds would be a while, worth a lot less. Okay. So Biden, massive spending. He doesn't know macroeconomics at all. He doesn't understand them. Um, he's not interested in them. They tell Biden, you got to spend this, you got to spend that. And he says, fine. The second thing is the companies in the energy industry, the most crucial industry in our country, the lights, all right? 
the powering of the vehicles, the heat, the air conditioning. That's all our energy industry. Biden wants to obliterate it. Literally obliterate it. First thing he does, shuts down the XL pipeline because it runs through federal property. And he can do that. Can't shut down the Colonial Pipeline because that's private property. All right? So the energy industry knows Biden's coming for them. Biden and the progressives. You know, knock them out and replace it with windmills and solar and all of that. So the energy industry as it is now, gas and oil and fracking and coal, they raise their prices so they can stockpile cash. All right? They don't need a justification of right. They can raise prices anytime they want. It's private industry. But they know they're going to have to make a very expensive transition from what they're doing now to alternative energy. It's going to cost these companies billions of dollars. So they're stockpiling cash. So they raise the price of what everybody needs now. Oil and gas, fossil fuel. You see, you understand what's happening? I'm not being condescending. I want everybody to be crystal clear. So when a president of the United States goes in and says, we're going to knock your industry out, that industry is going to respond by raising prices. Now, Trump said exactly the opposite. He said, I want you to produce as much oil as you can because we'll sell it. We'll be energy independent. So the oil and gas was booming. Prices went down because the companies were making as much money as they could make. They didn't have to raise them. And the other thing is that when you have a president who basically doesn't respect the capitalistic system, is saying, we want to run the free market system from Washington. We're going to create the jobs. We're going to tell you how much money that you have to pay your employees. We're going to do all that. Private industry then slips back. And because trucks bring the goods to the marketplace, the price of gas inflates everything. Everything that's shipped. So that's why inflation's running wild. Now, does Biden know any of this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Does he care? He cares that he may go down as a failure like Jimmy Carter. He cares about that. But does he know how to fix the problem? No. He doesn't know how to fix the border problem. He doesn't have any clue out how to fix that. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming, might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 
2456000 These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. What really happened in that speech? It wasn't the way it appeared. There were a number of things that were going on in the speech. I'll submit to you, and I could be absolutely wrong about this, that Joe Biden really didn't understand what he was saying. I don't want to be arrogant, supercilious, if you will. I, I don't. But I don't think he understands the implications of what he's reading. And I was on uh, Glenn Beck today on the radio. We have that posted on BillOReilly.com. And Beck said to me, did you notice about eight minutes into the speech that President Biden's voice changed? It went from pretty vibrant to a, a lower kind of Don Corleone. You know, I didn't know to this day it was Bodzini all along. And I did notice that, that the, the volume and the pacing of the president's speech changed about eight minutes in. But I don't know why. But the consistency of his message was clear throughout the 60 minutes. So Mr. Biden has promised in 100 days $6 trillion in new government spending, brand new. And he's got a lot of plans, all right? He's got the COVID relief plan. He's got the infrastructure plan. He's got the family family benefits plan, something with the family. And then he's got a plan to give everybody jobs. There's a lot of plans going around. All these plans cost a lot of money, a lot of money. But don't worry. The president says the evil corporations and the evil rich people, all right, are going to pay for all the plans that you're going to get. And there's a litany of stuff, and, and we'll go through it. But it comes down to free stuff. That was the overarch of the 60-minute speech. I, Joe Biden, am going to give you, the American citizen, free stuff unless you earn more than $400,000 a year. Then I'm going to take stuff from you. But if you do the math, there aren't enough Americans that comes close to paying a $6 trillion tab that earn over $400,000 a year. It's like 5% or something like that. Okay, so now, because of all the free stuff, I am going to give Joe Biden a new nickname. And I'm doing this with respect, but it has to be done. So we have to have a nickname for President Biden. And that nickname is forevermore Joey Warbucks, first cousin to Daddy Warbucks of Annie fame, Joey Warbucks, because that's what it's all about for Joey, giving people stuff so they vote Democrat. Progressives love this because progressives know and understand, and I don't think Joe understands, but he might, that once the federal government starts doling out free stuff, the federal government controls all of that. It controls what you get. 
which won't be much, but it'll be something. And again, we'll go over that in a minute. So let's do some sound bites here. The first soundbite is class warfare. The Democratic strategy, which worked in defeating Donald Trump, is to divide the country along skin color lines and gender lines. So most women voted for Joe Biden. Okay, most black people voted for Joe Biden. And most white people, white men, white women was close, white men voted for Donald Trump. So we are a nation that's being divided, there's no doubt about this, along skin color lines and gender lines. So Mr. Biden picked up on that last night. Roll it. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. But it's time for corporate America. And the wealthiest 1% of Americans have just begun to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. I'm not looking to punish anybody. But I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden, to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. You see the difference in voice tone there? He goes Joe Biden at first, then Don Corleone. Because I, I put those both together. So fair share. What does that mean? What does that mean? For Bernie Sanders, it's 90% of assets of people who have more than $5 million or whatever it may be. That's fair to Bernie Sanders. He's a socialist. Oh, Biden wants a fair share. All right, I'm here. I think I pay my fair share. I pay an enormous amount of tax. And I don't dodge the tax. I don't have tax shelters. I don't send my money to the Isle of Man or the Caymans. I pay it, but I pay a lot. I pay property taxes. I pay federal income tax. I pay state income tax. I pay all kinds of Medicare tax for my employees. I pay all kinds of stuff. And all right, but I'm here now. You're punishing me if you go any higher. But Biden goes, oh, I don't want to punish anybody. Okay. Well, if 90% of Americans don't have to pay for the free stuff and 10% do, I think you're punishing the 10%. Now, the evil corporations are a whole different thing because you can tax them 80%. They'll just leave. Corporations will go to Ireland or another country with a favorable tax situation, Uruguay. They'll go there. They can do that. It's not hard. That's why Trump had to cajole them back. And then if they decide to stay in the USA, whatever extra tax dollars they'll send to the federal government, they're going to charge us. They'll tack it on to the iPhone or whatever else we want to buy. And you're seeing that now with gas prices and groceries going up fast. Now, does Joe understand macroeconomics? No, he doesn't. He doesn't understand any of that. It sounds fair share. Yay, fair share. Now, there are criminals. There are corporations who don't do what they should do. There are people who hide money. Yeah, but not most. Okay. Second soundbite. This is the biggest whopper of the evening. And I don't think anybody will fact check this, but it's just outrageous. Go. When I was president, 
My president, when I was vice president, the president asked me to focus on providing help needed to address the root causes of migration and to help keep people in their own countries instead of being forced to leave. The plan was working, but the last administration decided it was not worth it. <laughs> That's such a lie, I can't even believe it. Under Barack Obama for eight years, do you know how many migrants were deported from the United States? Take a guess. Ready? Three million. By far the most human beings deported from America in history. Under any administration, nobody even came close. Yet Joe Biden says, hey, when I was vice president, Barack put me in charge of getting to the root causes down there in Central America and Mexico. And I, I did it. <laughs> but then Trump came in and just blew it up. And I'm sitting there going. Now, here's a question. Does Joe Biden know he uttered a falsehood? Does he know that? I don't think so. Now, Glenn Beck disagrees with me all day long, and I know some of you do, too. Just my opinion. I could be wrong. Spring is the perfect time to make smart financial moves like getting life insurance to protect your family. Did you know that 46% of Americans expect to leave behind debt? Policy Genius Life Insurance can cover those debts like mortgages, credit cards, car loans, college costs. In our Smart Life segment, understand that life insurance gets pricier with age and work coverage may fall short. Policy Genius simplifies by comparing quotes from top companies and ensuring unbiased advice. Their award-winning agents are ready to assist. So don't wait. Spring into action and secure your family's future. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 a year for $1 million of coverage. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes. That's policygenius.com. Okay, as a final thought of the day, summer is here. About 90 degrees in the Northeast, all right? And um, it's going to go fast. You all know that. Everybody knows that, okay? So we're a third of the way through June. And then you got July and August and then Labor Day, and then it's back. Now, this is going to be a crazy summer, as I explained, because people are relieved to be out of the COVID shadow. So they're going to be out and about and running around. That means you got to plan. I tell you, I made a uh, dinner reservation for Father's Day today in a really good restaurant that we like. But I knew if I didn't make it now, almost 10 days, 11 days before Father's Day, I wasn't going to get in. All right. So that's what you got to think about. You know, where do you want to go? When do you want to go? And how are you going to get home? <laughs> right. So summer is an excellent time in America because there are many more options in summer than the other seasons. And you probably will take a vacation. I hope you do. I will. And you want it to be fun. You don't want to be like not being able to get reservations, not being able to go here, not being able to go there. So you got to plan it. So you take a calendar, a physical calendar, not the dopey thing you got on your machine, a physical calendar. Okay. And you run it down. I'm going to the Mets game on Friday. Okay, now that's been in the work 
for, I don't know, a month? Because a friend of mine is a coach on the San Diego Padres. And DeGrom's pitching on Friday. It's going to be great. I'm going to the Islanders game tonight. But I made those arrangements a while back because I knew it was going to be sold out at the Coliseum against the Bruins. going to be a great game. Now, I'm not telling you that I'm great or I'm extra smart, but I know, I know how America works. And to get the most out of your life, you have to plan. And that requires discipline and forethought. The urchins, they, they just do day to day. Dad, can I go here? I, I, I said, what? What? You want to go what? Where? How come you didn't plan? No, no, everybody. You know, you got to plan it. You don't plan it. A lot of times you get in trouble and a lot of times it doesn't happen. Final thought of the day. We'll see you tomorrow.